the joint management negotiations were coming up and the um, Myla TOs wanted an opportunity to think about, uh, you know, our priorities first and get ourselves clear before entering into the joint management negotiations. You know, country planning is also a way for us to plan and manage country. And that was the thinking behind TOs because we've only just got our um, native title determination last year in October. And this opportunity came up with this joint management um, around the marine parks. You know, as TOs, we started thinking more, we need to prepare ourselves, we need to start planning. But obviously, you know, within the last 12 months of meetings, workshops and on-country field trips, building around the plan and keep testing it, you know, with um, other Myla people. So that's sort of how it came about just in the last 12 months, just really working through and what our goals are, um, what our aspirations as TO's group, uh, as a TO group. And, and yeah, just I think the joint management was a big eye-opener and putting ourselves in a position where we need to really um, prepare ourselves now that we have this native title and, you know, we have been recognized for our Myla country. And obviously the, the plan sort of, you know, sets out, you know, that, that process in terms of caring for country and making sure you, you know, able to protect both the, the land and sea country there. Can, can you explain how it sort of sets out and how it's going to, you know, help preserve that? What, what sort of measures are, are needed to ensure that happens? We do have um, goals that we have set out in action. The five goals, which is, uh, it's not so much prioritized, but I think this, we're looking more at the strategies behind the goals and, and, and that's, sort of outlaying the prioritization on how we're going to achieve these goals. And I think that's that's part of the measurement. The priorities actions to um, look after environmental and cultural values as through developing or establishing a Myla Rangers group, get an IPA. Unfortunately, we missed out on this IPA um, round. And nevertheless, we're still pushing forward. And uh, we are looking at management of visitors, you know, as well as looking at bringing back our language. So we're trying to find ways on how we're going to measure it, but at the same time, we're trying to, um, yeah, just just work through the plan and try and implement it now. And so, you know, even talks about projects like our, I think the elders were more leaning towards building a BLBL project, which is pretty much the mangrove raft that, you know, the customary practice and how that came about and just having a project is sort of trying, it'll help us, preserve our cultural values and as well as our environmental values because it's a platform for us to bring people back to country because we've been taken away, you know, after the, the I suppose, the, the Mission Day movements and um, relocation of our people away from country, just getting people to come back into country and, and, and through those projects that we are now wanting to establish and just reinvigorating the language. And so we can measure it through those projects, little projects that we've sort of we're planning around. Like I said, we did miss out. It's quite disappointing um, with the IPA funding this round. But still, you know, we have our aspirations and to look after our country, um, take care of country and people. And, you know, we just keep progressing. And in regards to that IPA, is that something you'll be looking to apply for again in the future? Definitely. The application is there. Even the process in getting that application together it's something that we can use now as, you know, the resource, the tool to to continue to seek funding, whether that's through other avenues, um, other sources. But, um, yeah, definitely, if, if another funding round does come up in the future, um, definitely Myla would be looking at applying for it. 
You mentioned something earlier, which I think is exciting as well, isn't it? The, the establishment of a ranger team. It, it, it's important, isn't it, to have the mob out, out on country. Obviously, you know, Aboriginal and, and Torres Strait Islander people have been doing it for years in terms of maintaining country. But, you know, to have that recognition that they're doing roles like other sort of conservation workers and things like that. Yeah, I think that's the glue to it all. I think having the rangers out on country or having establish a rangers group and and being able or being in a position to do the work that needs to be done and having the resources in order to support what we're trying to achieve and, you know, to take care of country, to make sure that connection is there still with country. And I think it's all about that interconnectedness and that interconnectedness that flows through from country to our people and having ranger program and being funded to have our rangers out and about on country, it sort of brings country back to life as well. A lot of Myla people are isolated, you know, being island nomads and then coming out of the islands and then living on the mainland and, and just adapting to this whole new culture and just coming back to country. It's just, yeah, the, the ranger program is very vital to preserving country to make sure country is protected and um, just keeping that interconnectedness with country and people. And what sort of challenges do, do the traditional owners face in regards to maintaining that area? Because obviously, the, the, like we said, it's a combination of, of land and sea. And I understand that there's a lot of different islands around there, isn't there? There is a lot of different islands. I think the challenge is the access. It's quite costly. The only way you can access Myla Country is through boat. So having to place a ranger base on country, it's going to be a big challenge because of its remoteness. And and look, I think, you know, the quarantine and the unmanaged visitors access, that's a challenge as well. You know, we've got currently no recorded feral, feral animals on Myla Island, um, very few weeds and wildfires, you know, so quarantine is a big risk. We want to keep country healthy, uh, but many people visiting islands without thought for quarantine measures, you know, in place. And, and that's, that's the challenges, I think, some of the challenges that we're facing as TOs in order to maintain the uniqueness of our land and sea country. In terms of this actual plan, I understand it's set out as, as sort of like a 10-year plan. Why is it important to have that longer period of time to, to allocate like 10 years for this sort of thing? 10 years is, is a fair way, but I think in order for us to get it right, we've got to allow for that time to test the water, so to speak. So having a review in place, you know, in five years down the track, we're able to better ourselves and to make the the plan more in a position, I suppose, make the changes we need to do through the review, uh, five-year review. And, and that allows that extra five years for us to um, implement changes that need to take place in order to, um, for the plan to work and to be achieved, to achieve the goals, I suppose, at the end of the day. So the 10-year is, it's a time frame that we think that it's, workable within and by measuring it throughout the 10-year period we can then look at how bettering I suppose in a way how to go forward in you know developing a further plan to go um, to look after country I suppose yeah. Your sort of aspirations your, your personal aspirations in terms of what this plan is is hoping to achieve and, and I guess sort of generally, you know, the, the importance of protecting the environment, protecting country and in terms of you know that that link to the mob as well. I think my personal aspiration of that interconnectedness, keeping that flowing, and not just within the generation that I'm in, but making sure that that actually flows on to the next and the next.
and just keep that going. And I think that's, that's something that, from a personal point of view, is quite valuable in itself. And you look at the cultural heritage values, you look at the environmental values, the economical values, but I think just having people back on country and just keeping that country alive and giving our young people something to look forward to, I suppose, in that sense, that sense of belonging is is a key sticking point with myself and knowing and allowing for our younger generations to to have that connection, that interconnectedness. And it's just having that connection with country and, and the people itself. And when I say country, I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about, you know, the, the floor, the fauna, the rocks, the, everything that comes through, especially where we have our cultural values in those areas and then the areas in between and just that passing down of that knowledge on why we are as being in today, in the present time we are in, and having to fight for what we need to keep going and keeping it afloat for the next generation. So they have that to carry on. And it's about that life, that the aspirations about, you know, wanting to do more because, you know, we are more than what we are ourselves, I suppose, if that makes any sense. But, um, you know, that's, that's my personal aspiration, making sure that it's there for not just our generation, but the generation still to come and, and for the elders to feel comfortable with knowing that they, you know, they've left something behind that's going to be carried on. The um, concerns around for country, especially with the climate change and, you know, the impacts on our freshwater springs, tides and places and plants and animals and, you know, how people relate to country and the impacts from even other neighboring groups and how we want to work in collaboration with our um, neighboring TO groups and to ensuring that um, country is sustainable and and how do we face this big challenge of climate change and the science is behind it all. I mean, you know, we talk about the science of today in a Western sense, but we still have that traditional ecological knowledge and that science in itself that you know, needs to be recognized and, and listened to in that sense where we do have the answers within ourselves and within the country and in the seasons and how we maintain the, I mean, for example, the the wrong way fires, you know, we we can control that if we know the right way fires, how we burn off in a in certain, you know, time of the year within our seasons, traditional seasons, and how that sort of interconnects with the environment around itself and with the neighboring environments, you know, the neighboring groups and how they maintain their country and so on and so forth. So the practices that we have as part of our traditional science or, you know, science in itself from that's been passed down from thousands of years, the importance of that, I suppose, highlighting, highlighting that we still, you know, we, we do have that knowledge and there is something we can contribute as traditional owners towards climate change and, and fighting the fight that we need to fight in order to just make things right, I suppose. Mm. And that's, I think it needs to be, I think it's at a point now where, where that needs to be acknowledged. And, I'm, and, you know, looking at setting up marine parks or national parks or whatever it may be, that cultural heritage value must be a priority because that's, that's, I believe, is something that we can, you know, address climate change through that process itself.